This episode of All Talk No Balk is sponsored by Anchor FM. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First off, it's free, so you don't have to worry about additional charges and fees. And you don't have to have a limit on your creativity. Speaking of creativity, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your computer or phone. So if you're on the go, this platform is definitely for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be listened to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other listening site. Also, you can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. Anchor gives you everything you need to make a successful podcast all in one convenient space. If you're just getting started with podcasting, or if you're a seasoned content creator, please download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Again, that's anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the All Talk No Balk podcast. My name is Andy Doherty, and I'm along here with my co-host, Nico Weathers. Nico, how are we feeling after that trade deadline? Um, You know, I have nothing to say right now. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually very pissed off, and I didn't think I could be pissed off. See, so this is what this is what I was thinking. I was worried coming into this episode because we were texting off air about, you know, what we're going to do for this episode. And you said, ah, I want to cover trade deadlines enough. I was like, okay, here we go. Here's where Cub fan Nico is going to be emotional about his players leaving, which I kind of knew was going to happen. Only for nostalgia purposes, I wasn't mad on in that sense. It was just on where they were sent and us, like the what we got in return. Okay. Well, so. what's what's the problem with where people were sent? So Chris Bryant going to San Francisco makes perfect sense because – they're contending right now. They're towards the top of the division. Uh, either they get a wild card spot or they get one of the wild card spots or they win a division. So he has a chance to win another World Series. He has a chance to get a big payday. He got sent to a big market in San Francisco. Now, Javier Baez going to the Mets, that made me sick to my stomach. <laughs> Even more sick than the other move I'm going to say after this. But Javier to the Mets makes no sense, literally, because well, they so- took – so Chris Bryant, right? I mean, yeah, like, right. That's a nice contending move, but, and then Javi to the Mets, I feel is like one of those things a team does. They try to just add a guy to add a guy and be like, look, we added this, this superstar guy, which, you know, the Mets have like seven shortstops at this point, but they're like, look, we added the superstar guy that we could pay a lot of money. You know, that's the only thing I worry about with that one, but you know, you get a first round pick out of that one. I mean, I mean, sure, but I need to see more. I need to see people prove it. Like, I understand we're rebuilding and stuff. We didn't have to rebuild this bad. We could have got higher. We could have got better prospects for the picks, for the people that we sent out. Like, Javier Baez was an all-star. He is a gold glove shortstop, so he can do it in the field. He can hit for power. He may not hit for average, but he can hit for power, and he adds the flash and he sells the seats. So him and Francis going door together, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Well, what what do you make of both Bryant and Baez uh, wanting like twenty million dollar a year? Chris contract? Bryant, Chris Bryant was deserve, he deserves his twenty million. He's a four time All Star. He's been really good since he came in the league, and the Cubs screwed him when he first came up to the majors because of that whole like that little asterisk that you know the loophole in a contract. The the Basically, arbitration. Yeah, like bringing him up after a certain day in April. They made him wait in the minors like eight to ten days so they didn't have to pay him quicker than they had to, which is smart for business, but it's then again bad business. But you do what you got to do. 
So him wanting $20 million a year makes perfect sense. Javier Baez won $20 million a year. His gold gloves, if Jason Hayward got paid $160 million, Javier Baez could too, especially <laughs> with the gold gloves and the silver sluggers that he gets. Well, Jason Hayward was actually a real player before he got to the Cubs. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's a, he's a dugout legend. What am I saying? He's a dugout legend. You can't deny that. I mean, sure. So we got we got uh, Crow Armstrong, a 19th pick in 2020 draft. Sure, still unproven. Like he's number five in MLB pipeline right now. Still unproven. He, he hasn't played. Great. Yeah. So you feel me? So I don't know. We just this is what I hate about baseball. A lot of trades that happen are based on potential, the potential of yeah. what you can be. I hate it. It's just like a draft. All of those days, I'm not a fan. I remember but, when that one year that the Yankees were bad. Um, what was it like? 20, 2016. 2016, yeah. And I remember listening to the Michael K show. Do you know who Michael K is? I know the name. Yeah, so he's like huge Yankee broadcaster, has his own radio show, does the Yankees games. He went on this whole tirade about how when you trade people the deadline, you're trading them for hope, right? And he went on this whole thing about like you trade, you're trading a guy for hope. That that's what you're trading for. You don't know what they're gonna be once they hit the MLB level. You're trading for hope. You're trading for hope. So I, I wonder, because of Baez and Chris Bryant only being on one year contracts, let's say the Giants or Mets don't want to give them the two hundred million dollars. Does that change the price in your head, or do you think the the, the Cubs should have held out more? So hypothetically, this is what I'm thinking. What may happen? So. I get what you're saying. It makes perfect sense. How like the Yankees, you're talking about the year the Yankees sold all of their players for prospects and now they're good again. Or, you know, this year is a slow year, but now they're good again. So what I'm thinking, what the Cubs did, if this works, they traded their players to big markets. The markets want to win a championship this year. They know it's a championship or bust. Like San Francisco knows championship or bust this year. Uh, the Yankees know championship or bust. Because what might happen is you trade them for the prospects, like the White Sox traded Craig Kimbrell, or they got Craig Kimbrell from us for Nick Madrigal and Cody Hewer, or however you pronounce his last name. So Nick Madrigal was the fourth overall pick in 2018. He couldn't contribute to the White Sox this year with his hamstring injuries that happened in June. So with that being said, you trade them as a rental, and then a few of them may come back during free agency. I think that's a ploy that they did. Maybe that's a move. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm lost for words. It actually makes me sick. Like, no, like if you I, want... I, I just love that you're getting so emotional about it. Cause I'm like, yes, here we go. Like Nico's a person now. You know what I mean? No, I'm not. I'm actually <laughs> no, I'm actually very sick though. No, I was actually upset that Craig Kimber was sent to the White Sox. I do not believe in trading to the White Sox. I was also upset that Anthony Rizzo is a fucking Yankee now. I don't <laughs> like it at all. Like, it doesn't even look right. He hit two back-to-back -back home runs. I really do think they're rentals because I feel like they're going to – two of them are going to come back to Chicago. Chris Bryant staying in San Francisco, or he goes to a different team. Javier Baez, I feel like, might come back. Yeah, but they can't pay him. They don't want to yes, pay him. No, they can pay him the same it, time. It, if they could pay him, then they would have paid him already. The Yankees traded Araldis Chapman because they couldn't win that year. They traded Araldis Chapman for literally prospects – and like a little bit of cash. Then he signed a $100 million free agency deal with them. Then they traded Adam Warren to the Cubs too, and they got him back during free agency as well. Okay. Things like that can happen. So you traded away your players this year so you can get top prospects. You have the number four prospect in the whole world. You got Nick Madrigal who can go to second base. 
well, to fill our hole at second base because Ben Zobra's age, you know. So then Javier Baez may come back at shortstop because we don't have a true shortstop. We got the center fielder from the Mets. We got relief pitchers. Like, we're filling holes little by little. I feel like free agency really might happen and we may get those players back. Maybe that's why they didn't take – that's why they didn't trade Wilson Contreras. They traded Anthony Rizzo because Anthony Rizzo may not come back. He's getting older. His bat, his batting average is going down. You know, it's a lot of holes. Yeah, I, I could see that as a possibility. I could see. But, you know, know that one of them is going to come back. Even if he ends up being, you know, a cub for the rest of his career – one of them is going to come back. I don't think any of them are. I don't think they want to pay any of them 200, $200 million contracts. But, you know, because they're going to be a cup for 10 years now. You know, locking in them into a deal of being a cup for 10 years. So, and I mean, like, you know, you see Javi get emotional about leaving Chicago. You see Chris Bryant get emotional about leaving Chicago. Um, and that makes you feel bad as a fan because you're like, yeah, they won a championship here. They grew up here. They got drafted by this team. Um, Maybe not Rizzo. Did Rizzo get drafted? No, Rizzo. I think Rizzo was a Red Sox. Then he went to the Padres. Then he came to Chicago. Mm. But, uh, you know, whatever. They they hit their maximum potential on the Cubs, and they played there for a bunch of years. Uh, it still, like, shocks me a little bit if, like, you know, you're looking at baseball from an outside perspective that those guys were, like, 23 and 24 years old when they won that championship. Um, and it kind of just never went anywhere after that they pretty much kind of put it on like a median level of speed like the rest of the way and now everything gets shaken up um but no it, i mean it's good it's good that you are getting emotional about it because you know this is probably the best that was probably the best cubs team that they ever put together am, i mean am I right yeah. around that? but i mean it's a hit or miss like i'm nostalgia purposes i wasn't salty it was just where they were sent. So Craig Kimber going to the White Sox made me sick. Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees made me sick. And Javi to the Mets with him and Francisco Lindor. Actual good friends from what they portray. Uh, it made me sick. But if I look at the return on the prospects that we got for people that we also sent out, like we sent Jake Maz Marisnik. Yeah, to the Padres. They got Anderson Espinosa, who was once a top 50 prospect. He only got set back due to injuries. So, and he's only 23. So we got a bunch of prospects back. So I really think we pulled the Yankees move. We saw what they did to us, and we wanted to emulate it a little. So we sent out our veterans who are facing, like, one of their last year deals. They're going to go get a ring, and then they're going to resign. We're going to try to get one or two of them to resign. Did you see Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo's introduction uh, interviews for the Yankees? I did not. Um, I saw the caption underneath that made me laugh that like someone memed it and they said, uh, this looks like prison mugshots because <laughs> they had to shave, you know, all of their facial hair off. And, uh -huh. and I think both of them like went bald <laughs> to, to me in the Yankees. Well, wait, so Yankees have to, they have no facial hair or something. Yeah. They have a policy that you can't wear facial hair. You don't, you don't remember when, um, Who's the second base? Rugnet Odor went over to uh, the Yankees and everybody was like, this is not the same man. Like they got like they got his son or something like that because he mm -hmm. shaved off all his facial hair and he was unrecognizable. <laughs> he... I just swear. Wait, wait, is that a real thing? I'm actually yeah. I want to look that up. L the look Yankees. up their picture. They legitimately look like mugshots. They look like they got like arrested as a DWI and they both don't look happy. Like they're both not smiling because they're, <laughs> they're on a pretty good team. Um, in terms of that, I 
I don't know, man. Like, it definitely shakes things up in terms of, like, can that team compete in that division? You know, because the Red Sox did get a couple pitchers, starting pitchers, which is something they struggled with. They got a relief pitcher that that is another place in which they struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that nine games, coming back from a nine-game deficit with now added Rizzo and Joey Gallo to that lineup, do you think that's possible that the Yankees come back from that? Oh, yeah. I mean, as of right now, what are they, do you know the standings offhand? I do not. I'm searching it up right now just so we can have it in front of us. I so, think, yeah. The Yankees right now, as we're recording this episode, are seven games back. They're 55 and 48. The Red Sox are above them. They're 63 and 40, uh, 43. And then the Rays are 63 and 42. Now, the Blue Jays are one game behind the Yankees, and all of these teams can catch up. The Yankees aren't bad at home. They're 27 and 23, and on the road, they're 28 and 25. The last 10 games, they're six and four. So with that being said, the New York Yankees are only seven games back. They finally have the power in the lineup that they needed, that they were missing between Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. Now you have Rizzo and Gallo. If they can both connect, it's going to be bad out because they finally have two legit lefties that you could throw anywhere in the lineup. Sure. I mean, that feels that neat in, but I think that a bigger thing was that they don't have guys that get on base. And Joey Gallo is, you know, in terms of strikeout kings, he's a, he's up there in terms of strikeout kings. And Rizzo is what, bang, like 260? So All right, Rizzo, a Rizzo 260 is actually good. You have to look at his sure. on-base plus, his on-base plus slugging. It's always relatively high because that's one thing he does. He gets walked because of the unique batting stance that he has, and he hits for contact. He's not that big of a power hitter anymore. He hits for contact. Yeah, that's why and, he was a leadoff man at some instances this season and last season. But that's where I look for somebody like you get like somebody like Adam Frazier, right? Who hits like three twenty, and and you hold on to that guy because he would have probably cost you less than Rizzo did, right? Not at the moment. Rizzo's only getting eleven million dollars at thirty one years old. You bring him back for three or four years, it's not a big it's not a big miss. And then he's hit two back back home runs too since you got him, so you know the payoff's great. Because you finally right. have that, you finally have a, a he can field. He's not a scrub. You know what I'm saying? So he's actually a legitimate player in terms of fielding, hitting. He does everything you need to. That's a fair point. So they're not missing it. Like he's a four-time gold glove winner. He won in 2020. He won 2018 through 2020. So you finally <laughs> have somebody in the field. You finally have an all-star. He was an all-star from 2014 to 2016. He was a silver slugger winner. So things like that. He's not just some bum. I, I just love this change of Nico where all his players get sent away. And now he's like, I got to watch all these guys in all these different places and defend them. <laughs> like Only because, no, no, no. Only because before the season, I felt like the Yankees and the Red Sox were going to be the top, like the top. Yeah. And they, they didn't need people like Rizzo and. Yeah. And now that they got him, it doesn't hurt. I mean, like, Rizzo's, I can show you his on-base percentage right now. And then we can go from there, just so you can understand how legitimate of a player he is. So let's say 2018, his on-base plus slugging. All right, so on-base percentage in 2019 was 405. And 2020 was 342. This year, it's 346 uh, with the Cubs and then 889 with the uh, Yankees. So Considering he gets on like a, a two-game sample of, yeah. All right, so let's just say the Cubs. This year he got on base three forty-six. So thirty-four percent of the time he's getting on base. 
while batting 248. You can bat 248, but if you can get on base 34% of the time, you give me athletics vibes. Sure. Um, I just think that the detriment of that Yankees team is that people can't get on base and where while Rizzo can do it as good or or slightly better than the average player, then like, you know what I mean? Like you're giving up prospects to get him, but also you got to realize Gallo too is going to bring that percentage down because the guy, uh, Joey Gallo has more extra base hits in his career than he actually has singles. So that's where I question the Yankees. That's normal though. But you have to realize like Rizzo is valuable for more than one thing. Rizzo actually is an on-base machine. So that's what he's valuable for. He can field and he can get you on base. His career average in getting on base is 37.1% in a regular season. And the postseason is 33 or, you know, it's 336%. So with that being said, he gets on base. He's looked for as going to be more of like the leadoff hitter, second in the lineup, seventh in the lineup, eighth in the lineup, if you want to drop him that low. He's your leadoff man. That's probably what they're going to start you doing him like they're start they're gonna start putting him in those positions. Then Gallo is gonna be used like third in the lineup, fifth in the lineup, maybe sixth to drive those runs in. You have starting pitching now. And now you yeah, you have a good bullpen. So you filled in the holes that you necessarily needed this to catch the Rays and the Red Sox. I, I like that you have Rizzo batting in like four, four different. Are you saying he could fill in the lineup? I don't understand what you mean when no, you yeah, like. yeah. so, <laughs> so this is what Joe Maddon used to do with the Cubs. He used to throw Rizzo at leadoff. Uh, some days Dexter Fowler be leadoff, but Rizzo was really the leadoff man. Chris Bryant again leadoff. Like he was tinkering with the lineup, and they were all excelling in different positions. The only person who could not be a leadoff man for us was Javier Baez. He had to hit in the middle of the lineup because he hits for power. Kyle Schwarber even batted first and second in the lineup because he gets on base. That's the thing. So you see what I mean? Like Chicago Cubs players are known for getting on base. So the fact the Yankees added that hole to their infield, like they filled that right there because they did have Chris Giddens at first base and Luke Voigt. Think yeah, about it. Probably that. Luke Voigt. Who, who did you just say? Chris Giddens? Giddens. I have no idea who Giddens. that is. G-I-T-T-E-N-S. Has that man been getting at bats for the Yankees? I, have zero I don't know. He's idea. number 92. He's number 92. Oh, I'm, yeah. literally just, I'm literally just looking at the depth chart and telling you like, yeah, this is what. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's go to the other big trade that happened um, during this deadline, and that's Scherzer and Trey Turner going over to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, what was your reaction to that trade? At first, uh, before the regular trade deadline, I was actually, like, fascinated. I'm like, ah, the Dodgers got way better. They may win. And then after that, I seen Chris Bryant to the Giants. I'm like, oh, shit, it got interesting. And then the Padres also beefed up their team. So I'm like, well, damn, this is a good division with a bunch of good players. Like, the Dodgers have no holes. They have no holes in their entire team, which is good. But the Fran- uh, San Francisco Giants also don't have holes in their, game, in their team anymore. So it's like, I don't know. What did you make of when there was reports early on that Scherzer was close to getting a deal with the Padres? And then all of a sudden, like, whatever it was, 10 hours later, the, the Dodgers swoop in and steal him away with Trey Turner, who was, you know, supposed to be like the building block of the Nationals. I'm <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure how much money uh, is Max Scherzer going to be a free agent after this year. He's 37. I think they just re-signed him, didn't they? Uh, let's see. 
I'm not sure on the re, uh, you know, the resigning, but at the same time, if he was a free agent and they made that move, the Dodgers said we can pay for you. The Padres yeah. can't. Padres threw money at Manny Machado. They have to pay Tatis soon. They paid a they paid a decent amount of people over there. So they yes, can't. He's a free agent it. next year. Yeah. So basically, the Dodgers probably said we're going to win the World Series this year and we're going to bring you back. A lot of your market may be down because of your age. You barely were an all-star this year. Ten people opted out. So that's how you got your nod. But other than that, we'll bring you back. Yeah, and I think they really solidified their – I mean, not that I, – I didn't question that the Dodgers weren't going to be a playoff team. I think they were definitely going to be a playoff team. Even the Giants won that division. I think now that Dodgers team is going to 1,000% win that division. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, the, the Giants are a good team. They're a solid team. It's it, it's the Giants World Series teams. They're strong defensively. They hit for contact. Buster Posey's back. You know, they, they add a great bat in Chris Bryant. Um but I still think that the Dodgers are like, like it's a God team. It's a God tier team. It's now like the, it's going to be Dodgers Yankees in the world series. Am I far? I don't know about saying? the Yankees because this is one move I did forget about Kyle Schwarber to the Red Sox. They filled in that hole that they needed. And he's actually trying to learn first base. So they don't really feel the hole that they need because he's too slow for the American league outfield. They should move him back to first base because he wasn't a good catcher. He could just really put the bat to the ball. That's one thing he's like excelled at. Other than that, I don't see too much happening for him being a fielder unless they throw him at first base. But if he figures that out during the season, I don't think there's anybody stopping the Red Sox. As much as I say Rizzo to the Rizzo to the Yankees was impressive, Schwarber to the Red Sox was more impressive. Yeah, and the, and the Rays also make that difficult because them also just being random good. It's kind of like the Giants, right? They're just randomly good, except they do it every single year instead of like every other year. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I wonder about that too. Is it like, is it going to be Yankees Red Sox in the, in the wild card? Like that's going to be such an insane game, um, which they're only two and a half games out of behind the athletics who are another team that, that also beefed up a they little do it bit. every year, every year with no superstars. And they even made a few moves this year. Yeah. Sterling Marte, Sterling Marte is in the outfield now. Uh, Andrew Chaffin, your boy taken from the Cubs. So, but like, I don't know. That's like, it just got closer. It just got really, really closer in the MLB, which which I was saying a couple episodes ago, like, it's just so far away. You like, you know what I mean? Like teams have kind of set in their ways. I know it's halfway through the year and everything, but it seems like, you know, there's top two teams in a division that are probably going to make the wild card. And then the rest of everybody else are seven to nine games back. Like, how are you going to, you know, eliminate that deficit in a two month, uh, two and a half month span? And uh, it looks like the Yankees are going to do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we've like seen we see teams catch fire all the time. Like the Indians always, or excuse me, the Guardians now, they'll catch fire at the, towards the back end of the season, make a big splash, and then sneak in the playoffs. It happens every single year with a team getting super hot, like the year that the Cubs were a wild card, 2015. Um, the Brewers were so hot. They literally just took the whole month of September, the whole month. It was crazy. But we see it all the time. So the Yankees, all it takes is their players to be healthy. It takes injuries from other teams because injuries are a part of the game, and that's normally what kind of derails a team. But, excuse me, it's like some some air in my chest. Oh. But, no, we see it all the time. So I'm not concerned too much about the Yankees and the Red Sox spots. I feel like the Devil Rays or the Rays, they'll drop from first to third. I just have that crazy suspicion. I don't think so, man. With all the money that was given so. to the Red Sox and the Yankees, I believe that's going to happen. I don't think so. That team's weird good. 
That team is so weird good. And we don't like that's the thing is that we don't understand how they're doing Moneyball anymore because we look at the, those players and we're like, what? Because when they transitioned from having guys uh, like relievers needing to pitch to three, you know, they need to pitch to three batters before they could be taken out. The way that the Rays were good or the way that we excused that the Rays were good was that they were like, oh, uh, sweet, a lefty's up. Let's throw a lefty against him. All right, a righty's up. Cool, let's throw a righty against him. And they would just switch pitchers so many times and those guys would never get tired because they're reversing one batter in a game. Now, with the rule that you can't pitch, you have to pitch to three three batters at least, they, they aren't doing that which was the trade secret that everybody thought that they had and they're still winning. So I don't, I don't even know how the hell that team does it. <laughs> I have zero idea how that team does it, how they sat on Randy Rosarena for an entire year. And we didn't know who the hell that guy was. And then it hits playoff time and that, and he becomes the hero and takes them to a world series essentially with their pitching. Man, this is going to be an interesting year. This is one of the most interesting trade deadlines that I've seen in the minute. Yeah. Because uh, we've never we've never seen an entire team sell like this, especially yeah. during the deadline. Like you make a big overhaul. At least the Yankees only gave up like four to five people during that trade deadline when they made their moves. Cubs gave up everybody except Wilson Contreras, which I'm still shocked about. You kept Jason Hayward, the bum on your squad, and I don't like Jason Hayward. I never have, never will. I liked him with the Braves, not with the Cubs. But it was just interesting in terms of everybody giving up their players for more prospects for a bunch of unproven commodities. This is. I never thought I would see the day that my team would trade away good players for prospects that are unproven. But, hey, fuck it. Cub shit. That's what we do. That's Cub shit. Exactly. Well, Jason Hayward, I think that it's just too much of an abatross of a, of a contract in order for you to, you know, get that off your books. Like, you're going to have to give up a high prospect with that in order to get that off your books. Um, and they probably have the payroll now. They're probably hitting some type of floor with just this contract alone. So, that's at least, you know, something. Um, I feel like they're, they're either going to move him during the deadline or, like, the you know, around free agency. I, I don't like think you can. can't move him. I don't think you can move him. Because what does he bring to another team? He's gonna. He's not even good defensively he anymore. He can yeah, feel. he's not even good defensively anymore. I mean, yeah, he's just injury prone. That's all I got to say. Because the Cubs have – they've got a lot of, like, top ten prospects. So, like, when you traded Andrew Chafin to the A's, we got their number ten – or they got we got their number nine prospect in the entire farm over there uh, in Deachman. So the fact that we made that move, I feel like we're filling up little holes. Like we got the center fielder from uh, the Mets. We got his name that fast for Baez. How can you think, forget the name of Pete Crow Armstrong? Like literally on the back of his Jersey, it's going to be 12 letters long, long of a hyphenated name of Crow Armstrong. That's an amazing name. I guess, I guess. I don't know. Deachman sounds better because it has two ends, but that's just me. But what I was saying was like, basically, we got a bunch of prospect center fielders, outfielders, left fielders. We got places to throw them, fill holes, five tool players. So I think we'll be fine in that aspect. I'm just looking positive. I'm thinking positive. Yeah, and that's what you have to do. Uh, I'm thinking negative because the uh, Philadelphia Phillies made a whole bunch of moves and I uh, don't feel comfortable anymore in the Mets holding this lead. Although Baez like has shown up so far, um, and I and I feel like defensively he's going to be amazing uh, in a spot where the Mets just have never had a good shortstop with whether whether it's Ahmed Rosario. Remember in that 2015 playoff run, they were using um, oh god, what what the hell was that guy's name? 
Chase Udley slid into him and broke his leg. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Um, yeah. Oh, God. Ruben Tejada. Like, Ruben Tejada was our starting shortstop. Wilmer Flores. You know, like, these guys who aren't shortstops, they aren't defensive good shortstops um, just being there. And then we get Lindor, and, you know, all of a sudden his hitting falls off a cliff, and everybody's like, oh, what's happening with Lindor? He gets injured with a hamstring injury, and then we get Javi Baez, and it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> I'm pretty But you got to think, Francisco Lindor was hitting terrible last year, too. Because, like I say, we do on the radio all the time, so it's local news. It's local radio. So it's a big Indians town down here. Francisco Lindor was on downfall. I like Frankie. He's flashy. I like flashy players. He's also 27, but he has been in the hitting slump for the past two to three seasons. That's why the Indians didn't pay him. Javier Baez also can't hit for average either. No. But you have a so you have a solid infield when they come together because Javi can play second. He can play outfield. He can play third base. Javi's actually very versatile. Francisco, we've never seen him play the outfield. So he's stuck to the middle infield, second base or shortstop. So your middle of the infield is going to be solidified. Your bets, you're going to have power on both sides. So the middle of the infield can hit for power. Hopefully you can fill up some other holes that you have on the infield. Um, and once you do that, the sky's the limit. The Phillies make it just third move. base. I think it was yeah. just third base. And Javi can also play third base too. So if Francisco comes back and you throw him at shortstop, but Javi at third, that's also an option. And then totally just, fine with that. Yeah, so – it's so different things that you can do. It was just weird because, you know, we thought we were going for Bryant and, and it ends up being a 360. You guys didn't, you guys probably didn't have enough for Chris Bryant. No, no, I agree with that. It, it, because, and also Steve Cohen came in, the Mets owner came in and just kept, kept spending money. <laughs> like he's like, yeah, they're like asking him, you know, are you going to re-sign DeGrom? Is Syndergaard going to be a lifer? And he's like, yeah, definitely. So, you know, he's really opening up the he's opening up the the checkbook and, and because you're like, in the same market as the Yankees and the Yankees seem to have more money. Yeah, but that's because the Mets were treated as like a small market team forever. You know what I mean? Their owners the had money. Huh? They're the Clippers. That's that's basically what it is. Yes. That's that's a very fair comparison. That is a very, very, very fair comparison. Except their owner wasn't racist. He just was an idiot. Yeah. So now they have a Steve Ballmer who's willing to spend money, and you have a Steve Ballmer who's willing to spend money. Well, let's hope it's not continuously like the Clippers, in which they still fail to get over the hurdles that get them to a yeah. finals. <laughs> because injuries, man, injuries. All that Chris Paul slander for years about how they couldn't even get to a to a second round. <laughs> so, Brandon Sports Talk is a sports talk podcast where he interviews athletes coaches, and sports business owners. You can listen to Brandon Sports Talk on YouTube and watch all of his amazing content. Do you have anything to promote, Andy? Um, No, I mean, you know, we, we're always writing articles on All Talk No Balk, so, you know, always go and check those out. We are hoping to have some sponsorships soon, which is also something we're always looking at. We have plenty of room for ad reads um, and advertisements on our website. That's always going to be good. Keep listening to the All Talk No Bach podcast, please. We also have a YouTube channel that is going to start uploading more currently all the time on, on a weekly basis, two-week basis, something like that. Uh, so please always check that out too. Nico, how is the TikToks coming? We had a slight delay, but we're back and up and running. So make sure you guys follow us at All Talk No Bach on TikTok for all your funny videos.
Well, Nico, good to hear from you about all your Cubs trades. Good to hear your opinion. Always good to hear your voice. You're you're a good guy. It's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. Yes, yes. Uh, you definitely you. need to come travel to South Carolina. It's fun. It's a fun time over here. Yeah, I, I would love to. I, I love hot states. You know what I mean? Like states in which it's hot. Because in New York, it's it's always it's always a clusterfuck, as you can imagine. Or it's actually kicking our ass down here. It's like 94 degrees, rain, humid. It's humid. I mean, as long as you can upkeep with my sweat, because I'm I am a... I am a round Italian man. I sweat like, I sweat like it. it's our. It should be on our Olympic, the Italian Olympic um, strengths. It should be sweating. Sweat Olympics. Yes, sweat Olympics. We would win every year. I don't know. Uh, one of my guys. We'll talk later. We'll talk off air. Okay. <laughs> All right, Nico. Thanks for joining me so much. Uh, thank you for listening to the All Talk No Block podcast. Please go like us, share us, subscribe, whatever is thrown into your face. Uh, leave us some comments about stuff you want us to talk about and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Goodbye. Adios.